Hi, and welcome to this podcast. Um, if you follow the last couple of podcasts in this series, you'll realise there's a theme. <laughs> there's a theme. Uh, and the theme is about control, manipulation, bullying, um, which all has levels of understanding about control and manipulation. So I'm going to bring that to a kind of a conclusion theme, if you like, in uh, the processes that we've had today and the last few weeks. When we look at control, we sometimes see it as a bad thing. We're all able to control. It's a feature of human beings. We all like to be in control. We all like to know that our reality is the right one, whatever that is. So when we're engaging with another person and they have a different reality, naturally, our perception is our reality, it's nobody else's, uh, then we can say, well, we need to do this, that or the other because that's what we see as being the way that we should do what we do. When we're engaging with another person, they will have a different view of that quite naturally. Um, it might be similar, but it won't be exactly the same. So they may have a different view. And when we're looking at that, what can happen in relationships, certainly primary relationships, partners, husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, those kind of things, um, is that we can we can see our reality our perception has been the way forward so we lead you know and that's not necessarily a bad thing you know people who want control in their lives are not bad people we all want it to a certain degree so when we're utilizing that process of of how things should or should not be and we take the lead we take control it's not necessarily bad the person we're engaging with if they believe that the way forward is different then they would have an idea of what that should look like and that's where we engage in kind of disruptions in relationships because we both have different views of how it should be normally we don't have a conversation about that normally we don't have a shared process of understanding so take for example um, a car driver well, there's two car drivers a friend, a colleague, a partner a husband, wife, whoever and you're both car drivers now the person who believes believes their perception is that they're a better car driver might always, always sit in the driver's seat without giving reference to the other person would you like to drive or, you know, those kind of things now that person that sits in the driving seat is not a bad person they're doing it because they believe they are the best person to do the job but they don't give reference to the other person who might actually be better at doing the job than you you know for whatever reason so the person who sits in the passenger seat might initially feel as though they're being looked after they're being cared for they're looking after me they're driving because I'm tired they're driving because I don't know my way around they're driving because and that might happen for a number of number of years sometimes but eventually they may say actually I want to sit in the driver's seat 
because I've not driven for a while and I want to keep my skill of driving and I want to keep him connected to driving. So why can't I drive? Now the person who was the original driver in control might say, okay, no problem, that's fine, you drive. And that would be the best way to work it. They might say, um, right, okay, no, no, I'm the better driver. I'm much better than you. You're not a good driver. That will create conflict. So I see the care and control as a line, basically. And we all move into control, as I've said. So if you see care on one end of the line on the left-hand side and control on the other end of the line on the right-hand side, then where we are on that line with that other person, we will never know. We don't know, I don't know as the driver, whether I'm caring for that person in their eyes or whether I'm controlling them until I have that conversation, until I can have that conversation that says, are you okay with me driving today? Would you like to drive? Until we share that information, we'll never know where we are on that line. So we may feel as though we're caring. The other person may feel as we're controlling. Until we have a conversation, we can't know where we are. But most people don't have the conversation. Most people don't ask. They just assume, rightly or wrongly, that it is how the world is. And our perception, as I've said, is our reality. So I have a perception of the world. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from all that process that I've grown up with. Um, all that information that's been given to me by parental figures, by people in authority, people I trust. I wasn't born with the world. I was born with the body. I wasn't born with the world. So I get the world. And that world is mine, pretty much. And so as I'm going through my world, my life, getting older, I create more and more understanding of the world by the information that's given to me that I trust. So my perception comes from all of that information. Today, now, here, I am a sum total of my 67 years on this earth. And that process means that I can have a perception of the world. I don't have a reality of the world. It's my reality, yes. But as soon as I engage with another party, another person, they will have their own perception and reality. And we then have to have a conversation. So I grew up in a situation, family, where um, the parental figure, the authority figure, if you like, uh, was uh, my dad. Now my dad grew up with a process of not really having a father. I realise this now, I did not realise this till I started counselling. And we had lots of fights and disagreements before that. And after that to be fair. So I grew up in a process where the authority figure was my dad as I said. Now he was a meat and two veg man. He was a staunch meat and two veg man. There is no other meal, main meal, than meat and two veg. And even breakfast was sausage, bacon, stuff. 
So I grew up in my former years of understanding that there is only one kind of food. I grew up in a small town. Um, not small anymore, unfortunately. Um, but small town uh, in East Yorkshire. So it was a bit kind of like, you know, there was not much came into that town. You know, we, we didn't have lots of people moving in and moving out. We pretty much knew a lot of people when I grew up. And as I'm growing up, meat and two veg is on the table. Now I get to 17, 18. And I'm out with my mates in the town, having a few beers. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> 17, 18. And um, I kind of said, OK, you know, finish beers, pub shut. In my day, pub shut half past 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah, I know it's a strange world, but pub shut half past 10, 11 o'clock. And um, my mates said, right, OK, feeling a bit hungry, had a few beers, yeah. Um, and there was a Chinese restaurant that had opened up in town. Now, there'd never been a foreign food restaurant. Even pizzas had not been in Beverly before. This Chinese restaurant was the first different kind of food to hit this town. So they all said, well, we're going Chinese. I said, ooh, Chinese, what's that? Well, yeah, it's great, blah, blah, blah. Lovely food. And I said, I don't know, meat and two veg. So my perception is meat and two veg is the only food. So I don't want to be the odd one out. I want to go with mates and we go into this Chinese restaurant and we sit down with this menu and I could not make head and a tail of this menu. I didn't understand it at all. It had rice on. What's rice? What's rice look like? And so I'm kind of thinking, hmm, don't know what to do here. So I said to me mate, my closest mate, I said, what is all this? He said, oh, he said, don't worry, it's fine. And I said, hmm, what's that? And he said, oh, he said, well, he said, omelette, foo young. And I said, all right, okay, egg foo young, I'll have a bit of that. And he said, well, okay. I said, well, it's an omelette. I know an omelette, it's got meat in. I know an omelette, it's got eggs. I know an omelette. So I had egg foo young. So I'm eating this egg foo young and thinking, oh, this is nice tasty you know all my other mates are having curries and all sorts of stuff you know chickens wings and all sorts of stuff in weird combinations of sauces which I didn't understand so I had this egg for you I loved it absolutely fantastic enjoyed it so much you know so next day I went back obviously home at night and the next day I gets up and you know Mum says to me, oh, what kind of night do you have? I said, oh, I had a great night. You know, Dad said, where do you go? I said, oh, I went to this pub and that pub that he knew. It's a small town. And he said, and so what do you do then? Because you didn't get in until late. And I said, oh, right, OK. So I said, I went to a Chinese restaurant. He said, oh, Chinese restaurant? Oh, filthy stuff. And I went, well, actually, it was quite nice. He said, oh. I said, well, I had food young. It's like an omelette. Uh, you know, must be rubbish. I said, no, it was very nice. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, I said, in fact, I enjoyed it so much, I'm going to go back again. Uh, meat until veg, meat until veg. So I kind of like got a different reality because I'd experienced something different. So I come back to the family, the system. Mm, meat until veg is not the only food on the planet. And my dad was, oh, no, meat until veg, meat until veg. So my perception changed. And now I eat food from all over the world. I love food. I love the different tastes and textures and stuff. 
But my dad was always a meat to veg. He would never, ever, ever contemplate eating, even up until the day he passed away. He never had anything other than meat to veg. So my perception has changed from my family's perception. And my dad really couldn't cope with that. He couldn't see anything other than meat to veg. So his process of the world in 17 years had controlled what I ate. But I didn't know there was anything different. Now he's not a bad person for doing that. He just is very entrenched in his own ways. And he likes the security of the world knowing that there's only meat and two veg. So by engaging with that process, I have a different view. I have a different person and a different way of looking at it. And even though I've become different, my dad never changed. So he would never explore food with me in anything other than meat and two veg. But I'm exploring all sorts of food. But that doesn't change him. So now I can see that he wasn't trying to control me. He was just very insecure in his own world in a lot of ways. And that insecurity drove him to have to be a particular way because that's the way the world worked but I know now that that wasn't control that was just his insecurity but he couldn't change so I either had to accept meat and two veg which I did when I was with him and going for food with him but I challenged that wouldn't change so when I'm not with him and sadly it's passed over now then I can have whatever food I like but if I'd had stayed within that system that family of meat and two veg then my kids might never experience foreign food but I now like foreign food I'm 17, 18 I become a father when I'm 26, 27 and there's a whole range of new experiences that I am having in order to create a new perception and a new reality for myself in order to understand the care and control kind of time line process we have to see that the other person is not doing it to harm us necessarily now they may be doing I'm not saying it's always control because they don't understand what they're doing there are people there are people who will not change and will not change what they do and their way of the world is the only way um, they create conflict and abuse and all sorts of stuff but we have to give that person an opportunity to change but if they don't change then we have to then make a choice and my choice was I prefer foreign food as well as me and two veg still have me and two veg sometimes but I prefer a mixture of food I prefer different food I'm not going to sit with the same food every day and his process his world couldn't change unfortunately so he missed an awful lot of opportunity <laughs> until <laughs> it's a funny story I took him out for a meal with the family and we went to a pub and we're at this pub and we've got this menu and this menu is meat and two veg 
<laughs> That's what he does, mean to it. But he's one of those menus that have pictures. So he was looking at this and uh, had his main two veg for his main course, and he was looking for a pudding, you know. So they bring the pudding menu with the pictures, and uh, on the pictures um, was the menu for the whole thing, not just puddings. And he's looking at the dessert part of it, and he said, "Oh," he said, "Right," he said, um, mm. "He said uh, nothing I fancy, but on here there's pancakes." And I said, oh, is that? He said, yeah, 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 here, there's pancakes. And it was in starters, bless him. It was getting a bit odd in them days. And I said, oh, they're, they're not pancakes. Oh, they are pancakes. I can see pancakes. I'm having pancakes. So I said, okay, you have your pancakes. So the waiter came, and my dad said, well, I'll have, I'll have some pancakes. And the waiter looked at him quite confused, and he said, pancakes? I said, yeah, yeah, these. I'll have these. Okay, okay, you can have them, no problem. So the desserts arrived, and we all got these desserts, and my dad gets his desserts on a plate, and the pancakes was two spring rolls. And he ate into these pancakes, which were a bit solid, not soft like they usually are, and all of a sudden he was eating bean sprouts. <laughs> um, it's funny for me. Probably not as funny for you. But at the end of the day, his process meant that even that, he wouldn't say it was wrong. He wouldn't say he'd made an error. He just said, hmm, yeah, these, these are nice pancakes. <laughs> and he ate the pancakes. <laughs> Which, you know, obviously he'd eaten foreign food. So for him, even though he was eating foreign food, he wouldn't actually make that as a, as a decision he'd made that was wrong. You know, bless him. His world was so, so encased uh, with how life should be and his very narrow vision of the world um, that he didn't really experience much else, which is a shame, really, um, because that process uh, meant that the family in the early days, until we left home, we found Chinese food and all of us now eat all sorts of different food. Um, but my mother at that point um, had to be in that world so she made a choice not to eat anything else and which is a shame because she would have loved um, different flavours, different textures but couldn't do it uh, did do it when she was around us but mostly she wasn't, she was with my dad so that process of having that very narrow vision of the world meant it wasn't able to be experienced in any other way um, and wasn't able to share time with us in our experience of, of food and our experience of nutritious stuff. So his world was dictated by his restrictions, by his narrow focus, and that made it difficult sometimes, in other ways, not just with food, uh, to have some kind of difference and diversity. Um, but that process means that I engaged with him and saw that he wasn't a bad person for wanting to control the food intake of the family but that he was just somebody who had a very insecure aspect of the outside world sometimes food related and other ways um, and he wasn't able to take on board that new ideas new processes which I say is a shame um, really, because he wasn't able to extend that and, and widen that process. So when you see somebody controlling or seemingly controlling, 
and know that it's a process of their world being the way that world should be how it has to be for them but know that that control isn't necessarily because they're bad people have a conversation do you mind if I drive today the driving scenario that I was talking about earlier do you mind if I kind of take the wheel no don't mind if you want to drive you drive that's somebody who can move change alter adapt if it's somebody who comes back and says no you're not driving I'm driving then you have to seriously look at those relationships and see one of the three options is available because if people will not change for whatever reason we can't make them unfortunately we can't give those people an opportunity to adapt if they don't want to take it so my perception is my reality she's not wrong your perception is your reality which again is not wrong if we have a conversation between the two of us then we'll find the reality which is somewhere in the middle but until we have that conversation in an open way we will never know the reality we will only see our reality and means that restricts us restricts us in what we do and how we engage with other people diversity and difference is 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 fantastic it's absolutely fantastic and we should all be individuals we should be all in individuals we shouldn't be sheep you know but there are some things that we need to adhere to we, we need to have as part of our world uh, and that's for all sorts of reasons um, but we can still retain our individuality and the more we can be able to share that individuality with other people without feeling threatened without feeling as though we aren't in control the more we can expend and extend our knowledge understanding awareness experiences because nothing is the only way to do anything there isn't one way to do anything there's numerous ways unless it's health and safety if it's health and safety then you have to follow the rules uh, because that's to keep you safe but other than health and safety there is many 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 ways of looking at things and sometimes in the counseling room my job is to facilitate a process of being like an interpreter being in the middle seeing both worlds both experiences knowledge whatever is okay we don't judge and getting each person to see it from the other person's point of view finding a middle ground finding the reality because each person will have their own reality about anything really so our job is to be an interpreter is to see both sides both realities both perceptions and kind of find something in the middle now it won't be exactly in the middle obviously but it'll be somewhere in the middle we have to change one person's view to understand another person's view and vice versa so they can come with a shared understanding that they can take forward and that is the reality so when you look at control don't look at it as a bad thing necessarily 
Um, if it's health and safety, it has to be there, obviously. But if it isn't, then have conversations, speak up, have a voice. If somebody won't allow you that voice, my dad wouldn't allow me the voice of any other food apart from meat and two veg, then you either have to allow it, his world is his world, so when I'm engaging with him, I have meat and two veg, or I have to detach because he wouldn't change. But that would make him a bad person. Just means I have to make a choice and decision based on the fact that, yeah, I can't take him out for a Chinese meal. I can't share that process with him uh, because he won't allow it. You know. Hopefully that gave you some ideas. Hopefully it made sense. Um, as always with any of these processes that I'm going through, any of these podcasts, if you have questions, ideas, things that you think might be helpful to have a look at, then please drop me an email and we can possibly build that into what I'm doing because I want this to be helpful to everybody. I don't want it just me spouting about stuff because it should be engaging with the people that's looking. So drop me a line, drop me ideas and if I can if I can put it in, because obviously I want so much time, if I can put it into something, then I will do. And I'll share my ideas, my understanding, my knowledge uh, with you, with that. My name's Ian Wallace. I'm the Messed Up Counsellor. Take care, look after yourselves. Enjoy.